The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The state of Florida is where woke goes to die. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. You mean to tell me that the history of those people aren't imp- isn't important? You're saying that the history of America isn't important? Because it's not really black history, it's the, it's the history of America. Honestly, he don't know what he's talking about. Can you imagine um, someone saying that European uh, studies or Western civilizations has no inherent value whatsoever? We have teachers who are not able to teach the curriculum that they want because they disagree uh, with Ron DeSantis and his view of the world. That is limiting free speech. They are trying to shield students from the truth about history. We are nothing without our history which is exactly why conservatives are going after public education in America to erase, dismantle, and rewrite the true account of our past. What happened on this soil, the oppression that was fought and overcome, and which shaped who we are and the very moment we are in. History is vital, as is knowledge. It's why education is so often ground zero in the U.S. culture wars and why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' apparent White House ambition strikes at the heart of the American classroom. DeSantis has staked his political future on a bid to block an advanced placement course in African-American studies, saying it lacks educational value. It's that fight, which DeSantis started, that has brought protesters, clergy, political and civil rights leaders to Tallahassee, to the shadow of the old Capitol building that once served as Florida's seat of Confederate secession. And it could prove to be his first big political mistake, fighting to kill wokeness, only to wake up thousands in his state to fight back. Their message to the governor, keep your political agenda out of our schools. So how can you stand and try to rewrite history for a race of individuals that you are not even a part of? Really, you just don't want to talk about the tough parts of history? I mean, that's cowardice. History is a beautiful, ugly story, and you got to embrace all of it. Black history does not make anybody uncomfortable. Racism makes people uncomfortable. Injustice makes people uncomfortable. Everybody needs to learn. Like, we need to represent those people who have been mistreated throughout history because African American history is America's history. You should have left us alone. Now you have brought us all together. If you would study history, Governor, you would have known to mess with us in education always ends to your defeat. I heard you say that Florida is the state where woke comes to die. We came to tell you, Governor. 
can walk with more power than it has ever had. Thank you for trying to kill it because now God is going to resurrect Well, we are live from Tallahassee at the Bethel Missionary Baptist Church, where Reverend Al Sharpton and the National Action Network kicked off today's march to the old state capitol to protest Florida's war on black history. Joining me and this wonderful crowd behind me is our very own Reverend Al Sharpton, president of the National Action Network and host of Politics Nation, Florida State Senator Chevron Jones and State Representative Michelle Rayner Goolsby. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to go to you first, Rev, because, um, you know, I think you, you made a point today that I think is really key is that, you know, education has always been at the core of the fight for black equality and advancement going all the way back to make it, it being illegal for slaves to know how to read. Um, what do you make of the fact that this governor has decided that education is the ground where he wants to fight black people in order to impress a certain group of white voters? He's hitting at the core of liberating people because you can't uh, hold people down if they're enlightened. And if you can censor what they know, then you can, in many ways, inhibit their behavior. And it strikes a chord with us when we, uh, those of us that are descendants of those that were enslaved, know that our great-grandparents, my great-grandfather was a slave in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he, it was against the law for him to read or write, and whites would be prosecuted uh, and endangered if they taught a slave how to read and write. So here we are, three or four generations uh, uh, past, And you're now going to tell us that we will decide what part of black history is acceptable and comfortable to us. Well, we need to talk about what was uncomfortable for blacks and others, uh, for Latinos, for poor whites, for uh, LGBTQ and how we dealt with that discomfort. The history of America is trying to deal with everybody's plight in this experiment for democracy, not try to eliminate the parts you want. And he's doing it for political reasons, Joy. He feels if I can do what Donald Trump did, Donald Trump launched his political career off of birtherism, saying that Barack Obama was other. And then he went on from there with other racial kind of tones. So now we have Ron DeSantis, who I call baby Trump, who is now trying to do the baby Trump thing and come with a new racial divide. Like he is in some way going to liberate America from its past rather than to say, let's glorify that these people were enslaved and fought their way all the way to where we put a black man in the White House, reelected him and have a black woman as vice president president today. Tell the whole story, baby yeah. Trump. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you know, you said on the, the Senate Education Committee, you know, we talk about this all the time right. on the show. I mean, going through and doing the research for this show today, what was astounding to me, someone came up to me um, and said this to me, and then we went and verified it. Only 11 out of 67 right. counties right now are following the law. That's right. It is the law in the state of Florida going back to 1994 that African-American history be taught. Setting aside the AP courses, which are voluntary for advanced students, right. it's not being taught in the vast majority properly in the vast majority of counties and the Department of Education division that's supposed to fund creating the curricula is deeply underfunded. So this is not a war he started, DeSantis, 
with the AP course. No, absolutely not. African-American studies has always been a divisive issue in being in, in, in being taught the right way. In 1993, when I was in third grade, then Senator Frederica Wilson is the one who carried that legislation to make sure that African-American studies could be taught. In, even in those 11 counties where African-American studies is being taught, there's a task force that's supposed to do checks and balances to see whether or not it's being taught correctly. The, it only has one staffer with, within that uh, within that task force, and it's all where they're not properly funded. But let's in let's 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 put this in perspective. Right now, within the state of Florida, the governor he's not trying to tell us uh, whether or not we could teach African American studies. He's trying to referee how it's taught. Right, and that's the problem that we're dealing with. And lastly, you look at the teachers now. Teachers don't even want to touch teaching African-American history right now because they're scared, they're fearful that they're going to be fired. And that's all they wanted to do. As you can see, this was their topic, and now they have moved on to something else yeah. because they've done what they tried to do. To, to intimidate teachers. And, you know, the, the irony here, Representative Rayner, is that the reason it is required is because the settlement in the Rosewood case— mm. Yeah. Um, in which a town, a black, prosperous black town, um, was wiped out and massacred by white supremacists who were vengeful um, because they were searching for someone there and they decided to burn the entire town down. And there were reparations paid to yeah. the surviving families. It's not clear that it's legal to even teach that in school now. You're absolutely right. It's unclear if it's legal or not. I have constituents who are teachers who, much to Senator Jones' point, they are fearful. They are scared. I've had teachers say that they have taken books out of their classroom because they don't know what's going to happen. You know, when you rule by fear, and that's what, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis does, he doesn't rule by, you know, actual policies that help folks. You know, we have a housing crisis here. We have food insecurity crisis here. If you cared about the people that you served, you would actually focus on those things. But he is focusing on black and brown folks, stifling their voices, making sure that they don't stand up to him and say anything that would uh, disagree with him. And so you have folks who are, you know, want to teach our kids. Um, you know, Florida already pays our teachers. You know, I think we're like 45th in the, the nation when it comes to teachers pay. So you have teachers that don't get paid enough. You have teachers that are leaving the profession and the ones that are there, they are afraid to even teach anything, any factual history when it comes to black studies. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 the college board, which runs the AP courses. They have been pushing back uh, on the claim that they altered the AP studies course because the DeSantis administration <laughs> demanded it. And in their pushback, they told the Associated Press that when they were asked about inter when, when intersectionality came up in the conversations, they weren't sure that the Department of Education folks in Florida even knew what intersectionality was. <laughs> but the irony is they are practicing a kind of negative intersectionality because DeSantis has, you let a march today, it's not clear what is legal to do if you are protesting here. It's not clear whether you can be hit with a car if somebody doesn't appreciate or approve of your protest. They're arresting black voters who received an election card from the state while the villages has people known to have committed voter fraud. They're not parading them on video and showing them being arrested. They're doing voter suppression, voter. They're kind of full spectrum. They're going after drag shows and LGBT right. folks. And you made the point today if they didn't want intersectionality, now they have it they because have it. all of these groups are now coming together to fight back. And you saw today hundreds, literally thousands, that came to our march from different 
constituencies, different groups in the state because of that. But the reality is, as you stated correctly, we don't know what will be allowed. But what is the problem is who decides what's allowed and that you don't see an intersectional group of Floridians making that decision. How is DeSantis a avowed disciple of Donald Trump until he decided he wanted to be Papa himself. How does he decide what black history should be comfortable? How does a, a college board that we don't know that makeup, how do they decide? So it is an insult even to white Floridians that we are going to decide for you what you could handle. And I don't think that we need to understand uh, it any more clearly than that. And if we allow it to happen in Florida, it it will go all over this country. That's why when Reverend R.B. Holmes, who was the president of our Tallahassee chapter of National Action Network and pastor of this church, said we need to come down and work with Senator Jones, we called this march. And even on his birthday, we came out. <laughs> we, and we just sang happy birthday uh, to, right. to, to, to Dr. We Holmes. We came sir. out to make sure this is clear, because just like you saw DeSantis flying migrants to Martha's Vineyard and then Abbott doing the flying— he will set something that will go all over this country. It must stop here in Florida. You know, it's interesting, though. You know, I said earlier on Nicole uh, Wallace's show that, that I think he has made a fundamental political error here. Um, you know, you have run for president, Rev. You have run for office before. You are both politicians. You know, politics is about expansion and creating yeah. a constituency that grows. Sure. And not alienating a constituency that, when it gets ready, right. can be incredibly powerful. Black Floridians were very determined to elect Barack Obama Absolutely. president. I worked on that campaign at a very small level. Yeah. There was a serious determination and a determination to reelect him. There was a serious determination to elect Andrew Gillum, who is the former mayor of this city. Yeah. And th that was the power that receded with DeSantis. When he ran for reelection, the fight wasn't necessarily there. You didn't see the turnout. He's probably lucky he didn't do this before the election. Oh, right? I can tell you that right now. He 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 got a fight on his hand now mm -hmm. because I've seen him come in contact with some black folk from my district and even he, who were marching today that make it clear. I wasn't involved with politics now, but I'm involved with politics right now. Yeah. And I also think that um, Reverend Al uh, made it extremely clear that we are wide awake right now. And, and th I think we also got to be very clear that these buzzwords that they're using woke indoctrination. And because they have dehumanized the word woke, I've said that woke is the new N-word. Yeah. Because how they want us to look at it. Yeah. And how every time someone say it, they've now everyone's looking like, are you really woke? Well, absolutely, I am woke. Yeah. And I, matter of fact, and all these people here and all the people who are out there, we are woke. And we're so woke that we're pushing back on this. The vagueness of policies, stepping over and doing things that's totally outside of what we should be doing as legislators and he as a governor. That is what, that's, that is his agenda. The agenda is, let me remove from the distract, let me give them a distraction. Let me put them a carrot out there to chase. And so we can, we can do everything we want to do. Ten million dollars is about to be spent for him to worry. He just signed into law today to be able to fly migrants anywhere, pick them up anywhere in the country. And all the while, everything else that we that we're dealing with today, you know, as we're chasing this, there are other issues that are being ignored. And the thing is, it's hard to get away from the fact that when he says woke, they mean when they say woke, they mean black. Absolutely. Black folk invented the term woke. Absolutely. Right. And they have twisted it. And the things that they object to, the black national anthem, mm -hmm. the fact that white people were marked marching for Black Lives Matter. That's what they're afraid of, yeah. yes. is, the, yes. it is the connection of even white folks to empathy for black folks. Oh it's really gosh. hard to avoid. You know, uh, Mr. Gillum said he may not be racist, 
but the racist. But the racist might, might think he's racist. A hundred percent. And I think that Reverend Sharpton, you know, Reverend Al touched on that. You know, it's scary when you see these young white kids marching, these young white kids who are quote unquote woke, because, you know, that is who they're trying to protect. Because be very clear, when he's talking about parental rights and when he's talking about protecting children, he's not talking about black or brown children. That's correct. He's talking about white children. That's right. And what he can't handle is that these children, that these kids that intern for me and Senator Jones and even younger, they see what's going on. Yeah. They are very astute and they know what's happening and they are speaking out. You, We saw last year students walking out of classrooms, walking out of campuses, coming together with, with whether it's LGBTQ issues, whether it's uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. If there's an injustice, you're seeing these students rise up. Yep. And we saw that today when we saw you know students from FAMU and Florida State come yep. together today. Yep. And they were all just black students. They That's were right. white students that we're out Welcome there. to intersectionality. Governor. Welcome to intersectionality. You want to run as Orville Fathers? We're going to look up who Orville Fathers is and we treat you like Orville Fathers. Correct. Yeah. Acting like Reverend Al Sharpton, Florida State Senator Chevron Jones, State Representative Michelle Rayner Goolsby. Thank you all very much. And up next on the readout, I'll be joined right here by the three Florida high school students who will be the lead plaintiffs in a lawsuit against Florida's rejection of AP African American Studies. The readout continues after this. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control our bodies and get the health care we need has been stolen from us. And now, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctor. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, we can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. I thought it was very important that my nephew first and my nieces and my cousin understand the importance on why our history is important. Um, American history is black history. And I think that they need to see and understand what this fight is about so that when they get to be older, that they will not be individuals that sit on the side and let history write for themselves, that they will be a part of history and write history for themselves. Welcome back to Tallahassee, Florida, where the people are leading the fight against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his attempt to whitewash Florida and American history as he wages culture wars against black history and black Floridians. Three teenagers have stepped into the breach. Florida high school students Victoria McQueen, Juliet Heckman, and Elijah Edwards are poised to sue DeSantis after the state education department rejected a new advanced placement course covering African-American studies. These three honors high school students would serve as the lead plaintiffs in the lawsuit. 
Victoria, Juliet, and Elijah join me now. Thank you all for being here. No, we got to meet you before, Elijah. You are a 10th grader. You go to school here in Tallahassee. Uh, Victoria and Juliet, you also are based here in Tallahassee. Um, I, I want to start with the ladies uh, because we've talked to you, but I want to talk to the ladies because you're already in AP classes, right? So talk to me, um, uh, Victoria, about the importance of taking AP classes and why you would want to take this AP African-American Studies class. Um, APs have opened my eyes to an array of new information. I, when I took honors in middle school and the friends I have in honors classes now, we go farther back in history. We go deeper into history. And if we had the option to take African-American history at the AP level, we also would get that deeper knowledge that you don't get baseline and that you have to find deep in the Internet um, to get that information because it's not easily accessible at our schools. Yeah. And Juliet, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis ostensibly is trying to protect you from that class <laughs> because he is concerned that if you, as a you know young white woman in America, were to learn um, about the sort of horrors of slavery, for instance, or sort of, you know, the horrors of redemption after Reconstruction, that somehow that would make you uncomfortable and he has decreed that to be illegal. How do you feel about that? Does it make you uncomfortable to learn the sort of difficult parts of American history? No, I mean, it's just part of history. And I think it's just upsetting that he can dictate what thousands of students are going to learn. And I mean, we're the generation that is working to uproot all these systemic issues within our society. And, you know, they're uncomfortable topics. We, no one likes talking about those sorts of things, but they're necessary to understand how we are today and why things have led to where we are. And you both are juniors, Elijah, you're just in 10th grade. So you not having, you're not even yet in the 11th grade, you know, sort of realm where you would be taking these classes. But I mean, you are all honors students. You guys are all high achieving students. What do you make of the fact that DeSantis is now even threatening to get rid of all AP classes? That would make it more expensive to go to college because you do get college credit. It reduces the cost, but it also helps students like you all be attractive to colleges around the country. What would it mean to you if there were no AP classes here? Um, honestly, I think that like, I think you're just watching that dumb man double down on a stupid decision in the first place. Um, he first came out of the way and said that the class had no educational value, um, which made sen no sense because we're taking all different types of other history classes. And now he's saying to get rid of all the AP classes, which we don't have for, I don't know how long. So. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to throw away the whole education system at this point. No school. Well, I mean, the, the, right now there's a challenge. I mean, Duval County has outlawed, you know, or, or has canceled something, 179 books. Like, they're out of the curriculum. I mean, books are being banned in this state, um, even as we speak. And I wonder, how do you feel about that? Do, have you noticed from your teachers any nervousness or fear about talking about history? You're, you're nodding yes. Um, one of my former and current teachers, my former teacher, she had to limit what she teaches now because she has students who they will go to their parents and they will explain, like, my teacher told me this and she's fearing for her job now. And then I have another teacher who she's explained, I understand what the problem is, but I have to teach this on our AP exam. We have to learn this and you will not understand what you're talking about 
and what you're writing about and our response questions if you don't know the depth and the detail of what has went on in African-American history. I mean, for you, I mean, the the idea of books being banned, it seems like it's from another century. You know, how do you feel about this idea of of books being banned because they have themes about LGBTQ people or because they're written by a black author or they're about Dr. King? I mean, that's on the list. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like, Florida is just going to be stuck in like frozen in time and the rest of the country is just going to move on. The rest of the world is going to have an understanding of what's going on and what these issues are. And we're just going to be like, I don't know what he thinks it's going to accomplish. It's just keeping people ignorant so that I think I think he's just afraid that when people learn the things that they will learn from these classes and from these books and these authors that it's going to evoke change. And I think that's what he's really afraid of. They, they have claimed uh, on the right that um, these high-level courses are teaching critical race theory. Have any of you ever taken a class uh, and had critical race theory brought into it? You ever taken? Um, no, nah, I haven't. Have you, ladies? Nope. <laughs> I had a class and they touched on it, but she did not go into depth because she didn't know what could and couldn't be said about it. Well, she was too afraid to go into it. And do you know what critical race theory is? I've never been able to. I've tried to like look into the deep definition of what it was, but, yeah. and I never can fully understand it. And then the people I would usually go ask are too afraid to answer the question. Talk about it. Have, have any of you ever thought about being a teacher? Is, has that ever entered into your mind, the idea? Or do you have friends that have thought about it that are maybe rethinking it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. You were answering it, John. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, one of my friends said he wanted to be a teacher until one of my teachers, one of my, uh, one of the teachers at our school talked about like how like underpaid they are and how they can't even do nothing. Yeah, they are very much underpaid. And Juliet, does this sort of change your, I don't know, your attitude toward going to college in Florida? Because DeSantis is not just targeting high schools. He's also trying to strip the things he doesn't like uh, and the way that black history is taught in college as well. Does this make you less interested in going to school in Florida? I mean, yeah, it's, him threatening, him using fear to like push these decisions, it just makes it seem like there's not going to be as big of an educational like chance in Florida because it just makes it sound like he's going to pick and choose what we get to learn and the rest of the country just gets to, you know, have the whole side of history and Florida just won't. So, yeah, it definitely does. It doesn't seem very wise if you're trying to make your state more attractive to smart young people like yourselves. Um, I want to thank you, Victoria, Juliet and Elijah. Please give them a hand. You all did a great job. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Good luck with your studies. And I hope you're allowed to study. Um, Thank you both very much. Okay, up next, we're going to talk to two professors who are on the front lines of this fight to preserve African-American studies in the state of Florida when the readout continues live from Tallahassee after this quick break. Well done. Thank you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. 
Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. My son, who graduated from Sale High School here in Tallahassee, Florida, who had a wonderful teacher who taught all the complexities of African-American history. I don't want kids to miss out on that experience and to know their whole history, not just parts of it. If he gets rid of APs, it'll give us such a disadvantage against um, other states. any other state, honestly, yeah. because APs like, are a main factor in getting into a good college. We are back in Tallahassee, Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis' crusade against black history education goes beyond just K through 12. He's also taking aim at the state's colleges and universities. Next month, the Republican-controlled Florida House is expected to take up his proposal to gut funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and block the teaching of critical race theory at any state institution while also making it easier for any politically appointed presidents and boards of trustees to fire tenured professors. Essentially an attempt to scare them out of teaching anything deemed too woke. Joining me now are two people who are on the front lines of this fight. Dr. Reginald Ellis, Associate Professor of History and African-American Studies at Florida A&M University, and Dr. Bruce Struble, anti-racism activist and educator and adjunct professor at Florida A&M. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having me. And so I, I just want to talk a little bit about the chilling effect of what DeSantis is doing. Let's start with this DEI situation. It's a $34.5 million budgeted program as of January. Um, what is DEI? What is diversity, equity, and inclusion? It's a very important thing as it relates particularly to uh, higher education. We have 12 public universities here in the state of Florida. And if you look at the DEI initiatives for the past 10, 20 years, that pay a major dividend. When you think about the individuals who are now deans, uh, professors, college administrators at the vice president level or higher, and even uh, in college presidencies, we know that DEI works. But is it about recruiting more people of color and getting them into to those positions and tracking them in? Is that what it's about? I think it's about people of color. I think it's about equity to ensure that once the students and the faculty are there, they are treated equitably because we know when we when we are in perhaps unsafe places, we need someone to be able to protect us mm -hmm. in those places that are not necessarily the Bethel Baptists of the world. And so we need individuals that will be able to take care of us in those spaces and also the inclusion aspect. So when we are hiring, we need to make sure that the campus uh, is inclusive. And so we have individuals at the table who will be able to say, no, we need to make sure we need to take another look at this application because this individual, the only reason we're not looking at that application is right. because they came from FAMU and they didn't come from the University of Florida. Well, and the thing is, just to be clear, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs also include disabled military veterans. It includes the disabled in general. Uh, it includes lots of folks, not just black folks, but he seems to have decided it just means black. So it's got to be bad, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're an anti-racism uh, educator, which means you are right in the, in the target. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was this letter that went out that seemed really chilling, where it seems that the governor is attempting to record uh, and demand to know people's political leanings, people's political views, um, what money is being spent in these colleges on DEI. There were these letters that went out that students even saw because mm -hmm. there are students involved in DEI as well. How, what is the atmosphere like right now for you as an educator? 
So th- there's a lot of dubiousness about these letters and what's actually allowed to be taught even on the college campus. We have dual enrollment students, for example, who are high school students. And we're worrying, are we going to be um, in violation of some new policy simply by educating people? So, uh, you know, I, I'm familiar with CRT. I consider myself a critical race theorist. Mm-hmm. I've used it in my analysis of race issues in the country. And I share that with students. But we've never, never in any CRT doctrine is it to indoctrinate people with it. It's simply to share people a perspective and then it increases their critical thinking ability. I mean, it seems that there is an indoctrination that Ron DeSantis has a certain version of history that he wants indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. Do do you do you get from Tallahassee from here, from the government here, what it is they want you to teach? Have they sort of explained the version of history that they want to hear? Yeah, I was was a kid that grew up in southwest Georgia and the type of African-American history that was taught to us was a contributionist history. We were we were told, you know, the greats, uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall, Rosa Parks, and I think that's what they want us to go back to. Let's talk about the contributionist history, but let's not deal with the aspects that made those individuals great. Uh, I think that's what they are trying to get us back to, but I think what's scary uh, uh, about that is I had a conversation with a colleague at the Gardner Institute just today about if you look at other states in America have already adopted the pilot program for the AP course, and we're looking at, from a college perspective, this idea of gateway courses, which uh, American history in colleges is a gateway course, which sure. means those students, if they don't pass that class, they don't graduate yeah. because they can't move to the next level. And so if other states are adopting the AP course and the state of Florida is not adopting it, what's going to happen to the students in the state of Florida when they go to Maine or when they go to Delaware or when they go to another state that accepts this course and they, their kids are already running laps around our kids. So it's going to have a very adverse impact on our students here in the state of Florida. Absolutely. And as far as when we think about recruiting some of the best minds and professors to come here to the state of Florida, who wants to come here when it's unclear what you can actually teach? Yeah. What Ron DeSantis is doing is a disservice to all Florida students, K through 12 and college students. And You know, it was interesting. One of the speakers today, I think was one of the pastors, said what would happen if the D1 level athletes decided, you know what, I'll play somewhere, but not here because you're going to say that you want me on the field, Mm -hmm. that you want me, you want my body on the field, but you don't want my mind to be open. You want me to have a closed mind and just run the ball. And it seems that he is. is, Do you think that what he's doing is making Florida a less attractive place, including for the top athletes that they want from around the country? I I can't speak for top athletes because I'm not one, but... (laughs) I can't speak for my colleagues in the academy, and they are telling me straight up that they would not consider coming to the state of Florida in this current educational climate. Yeah. I mean, and would you? I mean, if you going back, you know, if you were choosing to, you know, you're both academicians, you guys are brilliant men. um, Would you come to school in Florida, given the way that it is structured now? You know, me, I'm a fighter. Uh, I know the leaders in the community. I'm tied to the community. So I will be here as a lot of the people who are already here in Florida are, but I can understand why people will yeah. make the decision not to. Yeah. Dr. Ellis, Dr. Struble, um, good luck to you all. Please keep in touch with us and let us know how this fight is going. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. Um, thank you all very much. Well, the schools aren't the only battlefields in DeSantis's war on wokeness. I will explain when the readout continues from Tallahassee after this. Stay with us. of racism from people who are seeing the shifting of America. Because as human beings, we should be repulsed by the inhumane treatment of historically excluded groups in the United States. But I come to serve notice that for all of us out here, 
But if you can fight for black people, you better be ready to fight for the LGBTQ community. You better be ready to fight for the immigrant community. You better be ready to fight for the women of our community. Everybody who is marginalized, if you come for one of us, you come for all of us. Uh, that is, and that is called intersectionality, folks. Joining me now is Jermaine Lee, MSNBC correspondent and host of the Into America award-winning podcast who spent the day reporting from Tallahassee and also my friend. How you doing, my friend? Good. How you feeling? I, I always bump into you whenever I come to Florida to cover something. Right. It's Trayvon Martin. I'll just right. bump into you everywhere shaking I go. Bacon. And you're shaking and so Listen, let me ask you this because I want to talk a little bit bigger picture because you were talking to lots of folks today. Mm-hmm. DeSantis is proposing everything from a digital bill of rights to go after big tech for supposedly marginalizing and canceling conservatives to something that would ban woke banking, whatever that is, on and on, permitless carry. His agenda definitely feels like a political campaign, not a governing campaign. Are people noticing that he's targeting so many folks at the same time and that they need to work together against them? There's no question. I mean, it's one thing when you think about kind of the thinly veiled stuff of of redistricting, right? You think about voter ID, right? We know who they're targeting. We know who uh, are, are disproportionately impacted, but it's still kind of a thin veil. Now, don't say gay, right? You can't mention it. You talk about black history, right? It lacks educational value. You think about all these things together, these cog, cogs all working together in a machine that are no doubt grinding folks up and they feel it on the ground. And so while for a long time, it may feel like they're powerless against it. I think this moment in particular is galvanizing people, especially thinking about black parents and black teachers. It's one thing that um, for folks to say, you know what, they don't want, uh, you know, white students to get access to this stuff because it creates allies. Mm-hmm. It creates partnership. That is one thing. And that's clear. But when you think about in times past, they weren't worried about what was being taught in black schools or African-American history at all. But now that black students who may want to engage with their own history and our role in America, right, and our experiences in America and how we've built this country, right, um, and benefited, even though we were up against um, fierce violence. Now, that is clear. That's an attack on us. And you think about the energy around Brown v. Board of Education leading up to it, around the children, right? And afterwards, when it was when when that all deliberate speed failed and they got, uh, organized and galvanized um, their efforts on the ground again. And so in this moment in particular, it's becoming crystal clear, but it's also um, kind of kindling and fire for this broad conservative movement, right? Because yeah. now they can say, you can say, oh no, it lacks value. Yeah. And it's woke, but we know it's black. And they'll also say black. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, it seems to me that what ties all of DeSantis's um, sort of ideas together is this idea of intimidation, of intimidating people, making them fearful, fearful to vote. You might get arrested, right? Fearful to march. Somebody might be able to hit you with their car and walk walk away free or you'll get arrested simply for protesting and marching. You know, there were students I talked to today that were saying that they were not wearing the insignia of their colleges because they didn't want him to go after their colleges and go after their funding because they were marching and, you know, worrying about whether or not their excused absences to be at that march were going to be rescinded because he is a bully. Mm -hmm. And there is a thing in relationships where you teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I wonder if as you look at the way he has operated, He's gotten away with so much bullying and then got reelected in such a large vault, you know, at such a large margin that maybe he's become a bit too confident that black folk and that their allies would never would never push back. Perhaps. But here's the dangerous part. So you have Donald Trump creating this pathway for you to behave a certain way and it's accepted. Being a bully, being slapping names on everyone. But with DeSantis, he's sending armed police officers to people for, for voting violations. Yeah. Right. 
With but, guns. but not to the villages. No, 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 no. Where, but we're Trump voters. Not. To black right. community. We've seen black people answering their doors in, the, in their bathrobes with men with guns saying, hey, this is this is the new law. And so I think there is a collision of being a bully is one thing, but it also allows you to engage in this extra kind of behavior and it becomes par for the course. And I think that's the very dangerous part. And, and it seems to me that that is what's happening in the classroom, is that what DeSantis wants is for teachers to be afraid to veer off the Hallmark card version of American history. And, and they are covering up bookshelves? Yeah. Moving books? Yeah. I mean, banning books about Dr. King, mm-hmm. you know, banning books, you know, about these things that weren't even controversial a year ago. Where do you think this ends? I'm not sure exactly where it ends, but I know in this moment, I talked to a bunch of teachers today and I talked to a young black teacher who was also the father of a 10 year old boy who was in middle school and about to be in middle school trying to figure some things out. And the ways that he had to contort himself to teach his own history to teach the, the, our experience in this country. It's one thing in the abstract to not talk about um, lynchings or, white, or use the word white supremacy or white supremacist violence, but I can't speak on my experience yeah. in this country. And so I think what, what it's doing now is putting a, you know, a chilling effect, as, as you mentioned, um, to the point where, where teachers, and it goes against antithetical to what they actually believe yeah. in their mission to open minds and educate folks. We, we both spoke, spoke to a gentleman named Marlon Williams, brilliant guy, and, and I spoke with his mentor, who was his teacher, and he, taught, he actually was teaching this AP course, right. and he talked about how rich the curriculum actually is and how nothing that they're accusing it of being is what it is at all. You know, I, we did ask for Manuel Diaz, who was the commissioner of education, to come on this show. He was not available. He said he was not available. We asked for Moms for Liberty, who was pushing to try to get rid of these courses, also not available. But what do you make of the fact that they, the people who are pushing to ban this course don't seem to understand what it is? Well, that's, that's kind of the point. It doesn't really matter. If you look at the receipts provided by the college board, they, they had this long um, editorial where they, where they, you know, wrote in plain detail their interactions with the state. Yeah. And they said when they pushed back, said, could you point to any instances um, or any suggestions of how we might want to shape this curriculum? No answer. Yeah. No response. And so as long as they stall and create this cloud and this concern, this taint of wokeness, it doesn't matter because the other side, they don't know what critical race theory is. Right. They don't understand any of this stuff. They don't have a grasp on history or, uh, you know, let alone, um, you know, uh, critical race theory in its most kind of complicated sense of how the machinery is yeah. obtained by racism. Well, you remember Christopher Rufo admitted that. He went to a big conference and laughed and said, I don't understand any of this stuff. I don't have branding. to understand it. I'm just going to brand it something right. bad. And whenever somebody who white, white feels uncomfortable, they're going to say critical race theory. And he's like, I don't have to understand it. Mm-hmm. So they know that they don't know what they're talking about and they don't care. Uh, Tremaine Lee, thank you for all of your great reporting. Uh, and stick around because we'll be talking to some of the folks who turned out for today's events as the readout continues live from Tallahassee right after this. I did a a search of the name DeSantis, and I found out that it it had Latin origins, and it meant uh, holy, blameless, and the actual Latin root means saint. In the case of our governor, none of these definitions apply to him. And we are back at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church in beautiful Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, And we have some wonderful guests here. I want to introduce the Reverend Dr. R.B. Holmes. Uh, This is your church. Thank you, Joy. So kind. Thank you so much for having us. And and happy birthday, by the way. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. You, you, you are now 30 and, and <laughs> fully grown and ready to, ready to, ready to do your thing. Um, so why did you think it was important to host this and to be a part of this march? You spoke so eloquently today. The black church is significant. 
And it was so encouraging to see so many young people and pastors across the state of Florida coming together to tell the governor our black history is not trash, is not junk, and does not lack educational significance. Yeah, absolutely. And Marlon, we spoke with you earlier. You are a teacher. What grade do you teach? Um, I teach high school. Uh, it's 9th through 12th. I'm teaching African-American history, and I was piloting the African-American studies course. And, and when you were piloting this course, did any of your students ever say, oh, this is too hard for me? This this knowledge is, is, is hurting my feelings. It's making me uncomfortable. This is too much. Not at all. They were pushing me to go further. Yeah. Um, you know, like the College Board laid a really good in-depth comprehensive framework to tell the African-American experience, to tell that story. Yeah. And those those kids were ravenous for learning that information and engaging with it. And they started talking with each other and learning yeah. from each other. And so, like, it was, it provided a brave space for them to explore things that they've been wondering about, but they haven't had an opportunity to discuss. And, and Cindy, Cindy Atchison, you are the head of the NAACP chapter at FAMU. Why did you think it was important to be here today? So I think it was very important to be here because coming together and showing that we will not stop and we'll keep fighting until victory is won, that, that was the best part about being here. And um, representing the student body for FAMU was very, it just made me feel good inside knowing that we can accomplish something together. And, and Rico, you are running for Democratic, uh, head of the Democratic Party in the state. Do you think that Ron DeSantis made a mistake picking this fight on education? Absolutely. I'm an eighth grade U.S. history teacher myself, and he is a repeat offender when it comes to uh, violating uh, the rights of black citizens. He's a stunt man, and we deserve better than him. Let me quickly ask the audience here. Raise your hand if the issue of education will be a voting issue for you in 2024. Raise your hand if it's going to be a voting issue for you. Takes notes, Ron DeSantis. It's a voting issue now. Congratulations. You did that. That is tonight's readout live from Tallahassee, Florida. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. Thank you, this beautiful crowd. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.